This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. We interrupt this program to bring you the following message. What if everything you've been told about money was a lie? It's time for the truth. Welcome to Financial Coaching Radio, where cookie-cutter financial advice just doesn't cut it. With your host, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. He's giving it to you straight and pulling back the curtains on the financial advice industry. No hidden agenda and no one-size-fits-all baby steps. Only unbiased, objective help for your entire financial life. Tackling your money questions at 893-1450. And now, here's the host of Financial Coaching Radio. Commission-free, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls. What is up? We're the one show giving you the truth about personal finance. This is Financial Coaching Radio, and I'm your host, certified financial planner, Jason Qualls, one of the only independent commission-free financial advisors in Rutherford County. All about me, check out JasonQuallsCFP.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-Q-U-A-L-L-S-C-F-P.com. First up, got a lot going on in the market these days. What's going to happen with the trade war? Are stocks ever going to go back up again? When I say stocks, obviously I mean the major market indexes or indices, the S&P 500 in particular. Uh, That is U.S. stocks. Now, are U.S. stocks actually going to rebound for what we're going through now? Of course they are. Don't they always have they ever not not rebounded? I know when we're going through times like this, we forget that there are ups and downs when it comes to investing. Long-term returns are still extraordinary. Short-term returns, the last few weeks, month or so, less than stellar to say the least. But here's an opinion: looking at mutual fund investors, mutual fund investors like you and me. And it could be corporations and institutions as well. But how much money is flowing in and out of mutual funds? And is that a good indicator of where the market is headed? Money flows into and out of funds are the best short-term anti-market indicator. Contrarian. Opposite. Let me go into some detail here with the help of MarketWatch.com. Are mutual fund money flows a good contrary indicator? Yes, it seems that way. Investors this year have pulled out more than $24 billion out of U.S. stock mutual funds and exchange-traded funds, even as the broad market has turned into one of the strongest, it turned strongest January through May performances in years. So where this article is going to take us, not quite sure. But let's just talk about that for just a second. $24 billion was pulled out of U.S mutual funds while the u.s stock market was having the best four or five month run in history one of the best over the past decade investors have pulled out more than 400 billion out of such funds while the s p 500 has gained more than 14 percent now i'll say this being a financial planner that that statement is a little bit misleading so let me go into detail over the past decade, the S&P 500 index, including dividends, has gained more than 14% annualized each year. 
That didn't mean it did 14, 14, 14. It was up big some years, down a little bit in a couple of years. But it had a consistent run of averaging a return of 14% over the last 10 years. But mutual fund investors pulled out $400 billion. What it does not tell us is where I think the truth would lie here. Is even though $400 billion came out of mutual funds, it's not telling us how much went into index funds. A lot of investors have figured out high-cost mutual fund products, those that are recommended by salespeople, pretty much like your financial advisor, they don't want any part of it anymore. They're saying, look, I don't believe in this high-cost, you know, half a percent, one percent, one and a half percent a year cost in my mutual fund. I'm not paying a sales load to buy it anymore. I'm going to get out and go to an index fund. It's not telling us that information. But if we take it on the surface of what's being said here, $400 billion came out while the market did extraordinary. Extraordinary. So in 2013 and 2014 is another example of where we can look for mutual fund investor behavior as an indicator for the market. And I said contrarian earlier. So if we're looking over the last decade while mutual fund investors were pulling out money, we'd have been better off to be invested because the market did. The S&P 500 was up 14%. January through May of 2019, when investors were pulling out $24 billion out of U.S. stock funds and mutual ETFs, the market was up extraordinary. So what about 2013-2014? Uh, U.S. stock market in each of those years rose at an above average pace of 32%. I guess that would be 2013. And about 14% in 2014, as measured by the S&P 500. But where were the flows? The flows. There was lots of people flowing. They were leaving. They were moving out. Except for that period of time. In 2013, money went in. And then money went out. So what this research has shown us, and it continues to show this, is that when regular everyday investors are getting out of the market, we probably should be getting in. Just a thought. When regular everyday investors, those who read a bunch of books on how to invest, or watch Jim Cramer on CNBC, or do not work with a independent, an independent fee-only certified financial planner. When those guys are getting in, we might want to consider getting out. When they're getting out, we might want to be consider getting, getting, getting in or getting in reverse. I said that backwards. Hope you smell what I'm stepping in there. The point is, you read these articles. If you do what your buddy does, if he's an average mutual fund investor, he's going to be wrong. Most of the time. Am I telling you that you should try to time the market? No. What am I telling you? To ignore all the noise. That's what I tell you every time we talk about investing. If you don't have all of these pieces that I'm about to describe to you, or you're not aware if you have all of these pieces, or you just blindly trust your advisor, I want you to put on your listening cap. If you haven't devised an investment strategy, and that's just a fancy way of saying what investments do I need to own and where do I need to own them and how much do I need to be saving if you haven't devised an investment strategy that is solely based on what you're trying to accomplish I don't know what you're trying to accomplish but if your investment strategy is not based on what you're trying to accomplish 
And then when you start to implement that investment strategy based on what your financial goals are, in a way, implement it in a way where you're owning all areas of the market. You're diversified. U.S., international, emerging markets, maybe some real estate, some U.S. bonds, maybe even international bonds and other types. If you don't know why you have those pieces as part of your diversified plan-based investment strategy, what are you doing? What are you doing? And if you can't tell me what your average mutual fund expense ratio is, just in a general sense, well, I don't want you to be you know, a, a math whiz here. Just say, look, I know my, I own index funds and they're real inexpensive, and I know Vanguard's or Fidelity's or T. Rowe Price or whatever, Schwab, they keep it under 0.1% or 0.2%. I know I'm not paying very much to own my investments. I'm all good to go. So if you're not investing into a strategy based on what you're trying to achieve that's diversified and low cost, you're going to make yourself more susceptible to buying into getting in, getting out, making these big changes. You're going to be like all the other sheep in the investing world. Don't be a sheep. What does a sheep do? Sheep goes with the herd, right? They don't want to go with the herd. The herd it's not what we're trying to do. We're not trying to go with the herd like sheep. We're trying to invest in a way that gives you a high probability of success. And the way to do that is what I just described moments ago. If all of that is foreign to you, you know what I'm going to say next. Quit working with a financial salesperson. Only work with an independent, fee-only certified financial planner. If you're not working with anyone and you think, hey, I got this, I can take his advice and do it on your, my own, yeah, you could, but will you be doing it as well as a professional? Very rarely can you do something on your own as well as a professional. You may be pretty good. Maybe pretty good. Changing tires, changing your oil, fixing your car. But are you good as a professional? Some of you are not a professional. Likely that you're not. Looking to learn more about me, go to jasonqualcfp.com. Want to be a part of the show? Questions, comments, even your disagreements, click email the show at financialcoachingradio.com. I'm Jason Qual, certified financial planner. This is the one show giving you the truth about personal finance. I'm back at you right after this short break. Make sure you stick around right here on... W-G-N-X. Get a second opinion. Get a second opinion. Get a second opinion. I'm Jason Qualls, commission-free, certified financial planner. I can't stress enough how important it is for you to get a second opinion on your investments and financial plan. Unfortunately, since most financial advisors care more about selling you financial products than providing objective advice, it can be hard for you to know who has your best interest in mind. Call me, Jason Qualls, a commission-free certified financial planner for a free no-obligation investment review at 878-2134 or go to my website, jasonquallscfp.com. Okay, folks, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it again. If you are my client or a loved one, I would never let you get your wills done online. This is truly a case of where you only get what you pay for, and those you leave behind will be the ones to pay the price. Go see estate planning attorney John Baker today by calling 896-5621 or go to bakercouncil.com. Again, that's 896-5621 or bakercouncil.com. Get the expert estate planning advice you need today. 
A recent undercover study found that over 89% of paid tax preparers made mistakes. You heard me right, over 89%. Is your tax person making mistakes? Tax mistakes cost you money and may even lead to an IRS audit. I recommend you get a second opinion on your tax return today by calling Tothero Helen Welch CPAs at 848-1072. Tothero Helen Welch has been providing tax services to individuals and businesses for over 50 years. So call them today at 848-1072 or go to thwcpa.com. Welcome back to Financial Coaching Radio. I'm your host, Jason Wall, certified financial planner. Be sure to check out financialcoachingradio.com. Listen to the show anytime, anywhere. Here to talk risk management is Mike Conley with Middle Tennessee Insurance Group. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, sir. How are you? Doing well. You got a lot of guys in your office that came from the insurance restoration side of the business before they became you know, insurance folks, right? Uh, they were adjusters. But so they, they kind of know the ins and outs of dealing with claims as it relates to homes. Sure, absolutely. And I, I think a lot of people that were doing that type of work, just like, I don't want to climb up on roofs anymore. Maybe it's time for me to make a change. Sure, that's Technology exactly. is changing things. Drones offering a labor-efficient technology for close-up views on roofs and can be operated from the ground. Makes sense. <laughs> it would be genius, right? A whole lot safer. It would be. It, what, what do you think the, the risk uh, do you have any cl- people that you insure for business insurance that do this type of work? And is it is it a, is it something that they the insurance company say I don't want to touch this because they got guys climbing up on roofs all the time? No, um, the adjusting side of we can find that you know the inspectors and things like that 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 do that we can definitely find those markets and it's not that bad. Um, now the the underwriter might not want to see video of what you're doing. You know it may make them cringe, but uh, <laughs> but no, it's it's not that bad. Drones are increasingly being preferred by home inspectors for their ability to capture close-up aerial views. According to the reports, about 70% of homeowners believe in investing in a home inspection before a home insurance policy is bought. Now, that's weird. Get a home inspection before you buy home insurance? not familiar with that one. Eh, Typically, when you buy a house, you you have to have an inspection done before you have to buy the insurance. Is that required when you're buying a new home? Uh, well, I know no. it's required from I mean, the builder standpoint or the home buyer or seller or whatever, but is it required from an insurance standpoint? No, not at all. Um, they're gonna most every carrier is gonna do their own quote unquote inspection. Um, it's not gonna be near as in depth as one you might pay for, but they're gonna send someone out to take pictures, kind of take a a look at you know the general quality of of any repairs that have been made or the you know the the soundness of the house they're not going to get on the crawl space or anything like that but they're going to send one out on their own accord so what do they do what do you, you go and you're a first time customer with a home insurance company and everyone is getting a little visit is those visits announced how do they work it depends um most all your carriers are going to come by and do an exterior inspection at the very least. They're going to come by, take pictures front and rear, look for any hazards that may be just pretty obvious, uh, and that's it. They don't schedule that with you. They do that on purpose. They don't even tell me when they're going to come out there because it's kind of a surprise thing. They don't want you to be prepared for it because things tend to get cleaned up, trampolines disappear, you know, things like that, and then after the inspection, those things come back. When you get over a certain threshold, four or $500,000, um, oftentimes the carriers 
will want to do an interior inspection. That they will schedule with you and say, hey, we're just coming in because we want to make sure that your home is properly insured to the value that it needs to be because those higher-end homes often have higher-end features on the inside that need to be accounted for as well. Do you think that a lot of these, do they actually go out to these homes? Oh, absolutely. So there's someone that's designated... So that seems like that would be very labor-intensive. It is. Um, there's companies out there that they, they choose third parties. They pay third parties to do it. Uh, and third parties charge anywhere from 60 to $150. Using drones for a home inspection or insurance claim in the adjust- adjusting world, the primary benefit of using drones obviously is to make it safer and easier and also more cost-effective. Looking drones have fantastic software. They're equipped with this software that makes inspection and report generation easier. I guess they're pinpointing issues from their their camera. I would say the cameras have gotten so good now they can probably zoom in on certain areas. Artificial intelligence type stuff. Sure. Drones eliminate the need for scaffolding, ladder, and related equipment. It saves time as well as cost. Downside is being small electronic devices. They are liable to get to get damaged by an accident, which causes replacement. Of a thousand dollars a piece, at least. At least. Well, it'd be more than a, a worker's comp claim, or yeah, less, less. It'd be right? less. It would definitely be less. <laughs> Somebody than a falls comp off claim. a roof, he's probably going to have more than a hundred thousand dollars of medical bills. Yeah, and you got to be a little more careful. You know, you could fly it into the side of somebody's house and do some damage. You know, there, there's you got to be pretty good at what you do. And I think nowadays you have to be licensed to fly a commercial drone like that. <laughs> what it says: some drones are flying instruments that carry a potential for damaging people and property. The Federal Aviation Administration came out with a list of do's and don'ts in a 2016 document. Not adhering to these mandates can result in a hefty fine of $27,000 or even intention or criminal proceedings. <laughs> Be put in jail for flying your drone. Oh, yeah, you can. <laughs> you got you to have a license, like a pilot's license. Involves operator requirements, pilot certification, and privacy maintenance. Yeah, you can have one at home you play around with and nobody's going to say a word to you. You start trying to do business with it. Or just start invading people's privacy. Yeah, you yeah you do something outside the box and somebody calls in on you and get in trouble too. It's amazing what we're allowed to get away with in this country that nobody cares about. And then the stuff like this that people just get all worked up. They do. <laughs> get all twerked up. Middle Tennessee Insurance Group, Mike Conley, 898-0053. Mike, tell the listeners a little bit about what you do there at Middle Tennessee Insurance Group. And all the types of services you offer. Man, we are a uh, an independent agency. Um, we have contracts with multi multiple carriers, probably over a dozen, um, all A rated, all you know, good carriers, solid financial founding. Um, we just kind of shop you around. We try to take a look at what you have, let you know if you have any holes or any you know shortfalls in your insurance, and then shop you around for the best price and try to put you in the best position going forward, and then service you on out. How does the, how do the carriers get selected on the front end? Um, initially we have some software that we put all your information into and it kicks us back their initial rates under, they're not, haven't been underwritten yet. They haven't any reports ran or anything like that. And we start with price and then we kind of just start weeding it out from there. You know, sometimes you're not going to get the best price because it doesn't fit what you're doing. Um, you may have a certain type of dog or you may have a certain type of pool or, you know, so on and so forth. So uh, a lot of times it's very situation specific, but at the end of the day, we start with price first. Now, when quoting homeowners insurance, obviously pools you mentioned, types of pools, above ground versus in ground, do those make a difference or is a pool a pool? Uh, it, it does make a difference. It, it would make a difference. Um, some carriers surcharge more for in ground. Um, some surcharge less for above ground. Above ground, um, 
technically is a, a fenced in pool all of, of itself. And so your, your requirements to kind of keep that uh, secure are less than an above ground pool. Um, above ground pools sometimes have diving boards and some carriers say, uh-uh, no diving boards whatsoever. So <laughs> there, there's a lot that goes into that. So what are, besides pools and dogs, what are some of the issues people come across when you're running these quotes with these different carriers that you have to address? So I would assume if people are trying to do this on their own and they have some of these these special circumstances, they may get a little frustrated. Sure. Um, location can have a lot to do with it. If you're in a very rural spot where you're outside of five miles from your responding fire station, um, that becomes an issue. Um, and the carriers are getting better and better at identifying where you are and where your responding fire department is. Um, I've had some this year that I've had with a certain carrier for five years now. And this year on renewal, they picked up, hey, wait a minute. You're uh, you're outside of five miles to your fire station. Their rate tripled. So wow. uh, there's a lot of things that go into factoring your rate for insurance. And there are some things that are out of your control, and there's nothing you can do about it. And you're simply kind of at the mercy of, of the carriers at that point. What about different types of hobbies? You know, your trampolines would be something that, it would, that insurers don't like. Is there anything else that's came up that people have that that's really dinging them on their homeowner's insurance? Um, you know, motor, uh, dirt bikes, ATVs, sometimes some carriers are like, hey, if those are in the household, um, they, they want to know about them because if you let other people ride them, then there could be a, a liability issue there. Uh, and so we see that from time to time. Um, dogs, trampolines, and swimming pools, man, those are probably your three biggest things that give hang people up. What if somebody has all three? Uh, it's doable, <laughs> and it's not that it's not that big a deal. I got but, ATVs, I got dogs, I got a swimming pool in ground with no fence. Yeah, that we're probably gonna have. You have pit bulls, an in ground pool with no fence, uh, dirt bikes. You let all the kids in the neighborhood and a ride. Trampoline and a trampoline pool that's with not a board and a yeah. slide. Oh yeah, all the, we have all that stuff. Uh, I, I don't know if I want you to call me, <laughs> just because I'm gonna have a little bit of a, a hard time finding somewhere for you. So what do they do? Now, there's carriers out there that do it. You know, some carriers don't care about any of it. And some carriers nitpick every single one of it. And then some carriers, one thing is their hot buttons thing. Like we were just, I got a phone just a little while ago um, with a lady who has a Great Dane. The carrier that gave her the best rate on the homeowners, that's the one dog that they have on their list that no one else does is a Great Dane. So I could not put her with the carrier with the best price because she had a Great Dane when every other carrier out there they didn't care if she had a Great Dane Why do they care about the Great Dane? It's just a big, big old dog. I guess it could hurt someone. You know what it I mean? It fell on Knocked him over or something. <laughs> I don't know. And and we've had, that's the, the exact conversation we just had about 20 minutes ago. What's the best way to reach out to you and shop home, auto, life insurance, business insurance with an independent agent? 615-898-0053. In the days of the internet, yes, we have a website. It's MIDTNINSgroup.com. But give us a call. It, it, we're kind of old school. A five-minute conversation goes a long ways. 898-0053. Stay tuned. More is on the way. Talking about financial planning and risk management with Mike Conley of Middle Tennessee Insurance Group. I'm your host, Jason Qualls, certified financial planner. Back with you. When you work with an independent insurance agent, you put the power of choice to work for you. Independent agents know several companies and their coverages, which means more options. And because companies like Donegal Insurance Group use the independent agent system, you not only get quality insurance, you also save money. The Independent Insurance Agent System. Discover the power of choice. 
Make Middle Tennessee Insurance Group your choice. Call today for your hassle-free quote at 615-898-0053. Hi, this is Gabriel Fancher. Whether you're thinking about buying or selling a home, I can help. Buyer opportunities are better than ever, so call me at Reliant Realty to find out more. 615-445-5073. Real estate is a key to building long-term wealth. So ask for me, Gabriel Fancher, when you call 615-445-5073 or online at mt615.com. Again, that's mt615.com, 615-445-5073 for all your real estate needs. Listen up. When is the last time you talked with an independent, objective, certified financial planner? Do yourself a favor and get a second opinion on your investments and financial plan. Call me, Jason Qualls, the only certified financial planner today at 878-2134 or go to jasonquallscfp.com. This is Financial Coaching Radio. No books to sell. Certainly not pushing any financial products. I'll leave that to the other guys. I'm your host, Jason Qualls, Certified Financial Planner. In just a moment, we'll talk about how to insure first-time drivers for the most least expensive price. Not most expensive. It's already expensive enough. It's expensive enough. For a first-time driver. But first is the deal of the week. Deal of the week this week, and this one's a little bit different, guys, and I think it's something maybe I've taken for granted and just forgot to mention. Um, we've all we've talked about before of reshopping folks, you know, that have already been with us and their rates gone up, so we reshop them within our agency and able to save them some money. One thing I've never touched on is in that process, we also reshop you with the same carrier you're already with. And we can save money with that same carrier. So if you're happy with that carrier, we can keep you with that carrier. Um, had a client, been with the same carrier on his homeowner's insurance for five years now. Called me this last month and said, hey, Mike, it's getting to a point where it's gone up year after year after year. I love the carrier, but I'm not loving the rate. I was able to reshop him. He was at $1,460 for his renewal on his homeowners. I was able to reshop him with all of our carriers, including the one he was with, and and he wanted to stay with them, I was able to put him back with that same carrier for $1,082 and save him 378 bucks. I think most people listening find that bizarre. If they, they were going to lower their rate, why well, then just lower his rate? It doesn't work that way. Your renewal automatically is generated. No human touches that. But when I go in, some carriers, not all, some won't let you do it, but most will. I'm able to say, hey, guys, he's been with you a long time. I think he needs a break. We call it a loyalty rewrite program with those carriers. And... Saved him 378 bucks. He was tickled. He got to stay with his same carrier, um, and we moved on down the road. Now, the one thing that does change is if the product changes. Um, when we wrote him originally, you could have a $500 deductible on home. You, that carrier doesn't offer that option anymore. So when we rewrote that, he lost that ability to have a $500 deductible. Going now he has a 1000 So he was cool with it, you know, but saved him 378 bucks in the, in the meantime. All the power of an independent agent because you represent multiple companies. Not multiple companies. How to insure your first-time driver. First-time drivers buying their first car insurance policy is a nightmare. I haven't crossed that in life stage yet. Not really looking forward to it because it's quite pricey. It is. So what are some tips we can tell folks about getting car insurance quotes for first-time drivers? Um Always add them to yours until a child is 18 years old. Um, they cannot have a, a contract in their own name. So 
get prepared just to add them to your policy. It's always going to be cheaper to do so. Um, good student discount. If your child makes all A's and B's, 3.0 or better, and I literally mean not a C on the report card, at least on the latest set of grades, um, that's a huge one. Often 20% off the rate to, for adding the driver. 20-25%. So that's a huge discount there. Um, if they have the chance to take driver's ed or, diff, or some type of driver's training class, oftentimes there's a discount for that. It's nowhere near as big as the good student, but another one that you can use. Um, so hold on. Making good grades is not as important as someone teaching you to drive. No, other way around. <laughs> other way around. Other way around. Other way around. You, you might get a 5% discount for taking driver's training, but you might get a 20-25% discount for a good student. That's what I'm saying. That's kind of odd. Yeah. Teach someone to drive would be more important, you'd think. You would think. You would think. But that's not the way it works. So um, those are the two big ones. Um, obviously, keeping whatever car choice you you choose as maybe a 5- or 10-year-old car and keeping it rather vanilla will definitely help. Um, you go buy them a brand-new Ford Mustang. Don't ask me why it's so expensive. <laughs> the answer is right there sitting in your driveway. Is raising your deductible when you add a new teen driver advisable to save money? And if you do that, would you add, you know, increase your limits, buy an umbrella policy? Because your risk is going up. Your risk is going up. Um, we definitely probably need to have a conversation about increasing your limits. Oftentimes people, they, they, they really do balk at that because they're taking so much of an increase. And if you go from 100, 300 to quarter million, half million on your liability limits, while at the same time of adding a 16-year-old driver, you're going to see a bit more of a bump than if you were to just change, make that change when it was just you and your wife or your, your significant other. Um, so, yes, it's all part of the conversation we would have. But aside yeah, I can from, see that. You get a $1,000 jump, $2,000 jump. You're like, I don't want to pay anymore. I don't want to pay anymore. But no the, risk is, the reason you're paying more is because the risk has went up. The risk went up. I mean, and rule of thumb, I'm going to tell everyone, the rule of thumb for adding a 16-year-old driver, say you and your spouse are in the house by yourselves and you have two cars. Teen driver comes on. Now you have three drivers, two cars. Just to add that teen driver, you're probably looking at a thousand to twelve hundred dollars. All right. Then start taking discounts for any good student or whatnot that you may have. That's just to add the driver. That's not counting if you add a car at the same time. If you add a car at the same time, it's going to be up to double that amount. Um, so I always recommend taking it in baby steps. Maybe add the driver first. Get them used to driving your car a little bit. And then, then the go car. find them a car. You know what I mean? I wouldn't do everything at once because it's going to be shock to your system. But when you're doing this, the ability to work with an agent that can shop 5, 10, 15 companies is strong because one company probably is not going to give you the best no. price in this situation. I have a lot of times where adding the 16-year-old, when it, when it was mom and dad and just them, certain carriers keyed right in on them. But when you add a 16-year-old, some of those carriers, that's not what their market is. That's not what they're looking for is those young teen drivers. So oftentimes it makes sense to reshop that whole package at that point. Mike Conley, Middle Tennessee Insurance Group, 898-0053 or online, M-I-D-T-N-I-N-S-Group.com. Appreciate it, Mike. Yes, sir. Have a good one. All right, take our last break of the day. Get those questions in about anything related to financial planning. Financialcoachingradio.com. Click email on the show. Hi, this is Gabriel Fancher with Reliant Realty. Are you thinking about selling your home? Do you know what your home is worth? Call me at Reliant Realty to find out. 615-445-5073. That's 615-445-5073. Or go online right now and find out. 
at www.homevalue615.com. Again, that's www.homevalue615.com. Call me at Reliant Realty, 615-445-5073. We have many great insurance agents in Rutherford County. The trouble is, most of them really don't work for you and me. That's why I only recommend the independent agents of Middle Tennessee Insurance Group. They've helped many of my clients get the home and auto insurance coverages they need while also saving them hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. See if you're wasting money on home and auto insurance today by calling Middle Tennessee Insurance Group at 898-0053. That's 898-0053. Welcome back to Financial Coaching Radio. I'm your host, Jason Wall, certified financial planner. Now, the SECURE Act, the House of Representatives passed. It's, it's we're making some changes to your required distributions on your IRAs. Also, it keeps coming out more information about this bill that's closer to becoming law, affecting your 401k plans. Going to allow more annuities inside 401k plans. Is that a good thing? Well, anything that gets people saving more is a good thing. But I just don't know why congress in the last five years has really gotten on this beat that everyone needs an annuity what everyone needs is low-cost investment options now you can simplify that down to prepackaged target date funds or whatever just plain index funds give them examples of how to do it i don't know why we need these complex you know products that are going to create higher costs for this but it goes to show you when congress makes a law change or a new law there's all this other fluff that's in it. And we got to accept the good with the bad. That's just the government for you. All right, I'm out here for today. Appreciate you listening to Day and Every Day. I'm Jason Qual, Certified Financial Planner, one of the only Independent Commission Free Financial Advisors in Rutherford County. Check out JasonQualCFP.com. I'm back at you tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel right here on WGNS. Keep it locked right here. <laughs>